fun with podcasting and live streaming. <laughs> yeah. I love All right. uh, American internet service. It is the best internet service in the world. Uh, corporate control has truly made everything better. Yay, capitalism. Totally <laughs> reliable. There's never, ever an issue. I Hello there, and what's up, Reaction Faction? It's Deadpool. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button and follow me on Patreon. So, this week, I'll be reacting to a trailer for a movie which I honestly thought came out, like, a year ago. We also have a guest reactor this week, Korg, who was not my first choice, but apparently everyone else was too busy over on Disney+. Plus. Let's take a look. My name is Guy. Oh, he's named Guy. Like the movie's title. That's pretty clever. But there is one name you may know me by. Let's just pause for a second and let everyone comment first. Or this trailer gives away too much. All done? Would you like to fuck me? Oh! Bingo. Well then let's see what you've got. Which is super insulting, by the way. There is a house in New Orleans. They call ah, we call that bridging. For the next Tony Stark, I trust you. Say, Edith. It's about trick glasses. Stand by for so, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and talk about specifically why I'm doing a podcast. Um, oh, his face is so punchable. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give it, uh, I'll give it four out of five avocados. Korg? I was raised by avocados. Oh my God, just kill me now. This Organized Chaos podcast is brought to you by Gems Art Studio. Gems Art Studio is an online store that allows access to prints that you can use for most anything, obviously as just a picture or as a wallpaper or as a bookmark or anything you can think of. You can find Gems Art Studio at etsy.com slash shop slash Gems Art Studio. This podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to an Organized Chaos Podcast. My name is Bobby Quarters. With me, as always, is Bob. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> hey. Today, yep. we are... Oh, yep, go, go ahead. ahead. Go. <laughs> today, we're going to be going over a couple of things today. Today, we're going to be talking about the movie Free Guy, as well as Marvel's What If, Episode 2. We're also going to get into a little bit of some troubles with podcasting. As, and we're going to go over this great film, uh, Samurai Cop. And I'm going to introduce a new segment uh, about music appreciation in a way. And where I'll pick a song and kind of talk a little bit about it. Today we're going to be talking about the song House of the Rising Sun. And we also got a new Spider-Man trailer. So, I'm going to throw things over to Bob. Yes, I I'm actually really excited uh mainly for the main new Spider-Man trailer, which I've heard a lot about, and I I haven't seen it yet. Uh, you emailed it to me late the night it came out. Yes. And I was like, I started watching it. I saw Peter and Mary Jane, I think, on a rooftop. Well, I guess MJ, not Mary Jane, but on a rooftop. And I paused and I went, oh, this is probably going to be awesome. 
and I should probably do a live reaction to it when we do the podcast. So I've been sitting on it. I've seen little stills from uh, Facebook and stuff like that, but nothing. I really don't know much about it. Uh, one thing that was leaked to me that is that, yes, Jack Black is returning to play Nacho Libre in this movie. I did see that confirmed. Um, I, I also heard that uh, Ted Raimi will be appearing as Henrietta in the new Doctor Strange. Yes. Yes. As the return we've all wanted. Fuck it Ash. truly is. Fuck Ash. It's all about Henrietta. He can record all the video games he wants. Yeah. Oh, God. Actually, no. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Bruce. No, I mean, I, that whole crew uh, I'm yeah, kind of seriously. on board with. Yeah. I mean, just knowing Sam Raimi's on board with the new Doctor Strange is just amazing. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was going to go over, I just want to talk briefly about like podcasting because if you've paid attention to this podcast, you might have noticed there's been some technical issues here and there. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, good example. <laughs> yeah, you know, people obviously cutting out and uh, yeah, Freezing. it's been an adventure having to record backup audio so I can mix it later. Oh my god, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I just wanted to talk about briefly because everybody who stayed on board and still watching, and especially Bobby Quarters who commits a couple yes. hours of his week. <laughs> every week to this just thank you guys so much because i thoroughly enjoy doing this it's more work than i thought getting it put together but at the same time it also helps me like just talk to you hopefully interact with you guys and, you know if you guys want to post something in the chat the chat is actually up you know yes. if there's anybody actually there if i was thinking i want to post this on my main channel while we're doing that long intro but that requires forward thinking um so maybe i'll get to that later when i get uh opening but yeah, just, uh, yeah, uh, this is actually going to be a new experiment with the podcast, so I know it will go uh, great. If you notice, things are lined up <laughs> a little bit differently, and yes. uh, I have each segment kind of set up separately in its own thing, and when it collapses and burns down, we will know it, it you know, I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a trial by fire, if you will. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, should we go dive right into Free Guy now? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So... Tell me about this, uh, this beefcake Ryan Reynolds as an NPC. What? What? <laughs> what? No, this is actually a surprisingly fun movie. Here, let me load up the trailer here. I don't think it'll autoplay. But, uh, yeah, that way I can show images and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, oh, it's an auto play. Sunny, oh, okay. scattering of drive-bys. And I live in paradise. And even thinking about best friend. This is the greatest cup of coffee of all time. There we go. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll get a copyright claim for that music, probably. <laughs> oh, definitely. God damn it. Right, well, Carrie. We're going gonna... gonna... <laughs> to get one later. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of shocking as a movie i went into this with no real expectations i mean the trailers look like they could be fun ryan reynolds is super hit and miss he used to be one of those actors i can't stand but Same. past few years especially with deadpool i've kind of warmed up to him a bit um 
Uh, the trailer kind of reveals the whole premise is essentially we have this happy-go-lucky guy, and he lives in this world of absolute fucking chaos. Flamethrower there. It's just, everything's insane. But he's So, he lives in pretty much any GTA game. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, okay. <laughs> and the whole premise is that, he, oh, he's happy. And he's just looking for uh, the love of his life. He eventually encounters uh, her as one of these people. They're referred to as glasses people. God, I'm trying to get that still of her. Okay, you kind of see her there. Okay, there. There. Uh, she's a glasses people, and they don't interact with the glasses people. They're different. And, of course, as you're watching, what you realize is he's an NPC in a video game. Glasses people <laughs> are players. So he sees this glasses person. He falls in love with her. But, you know, obviously she, she doesn't think anything of him because he's a fucking NPC. <laughs> So, you know, he's trying to think, how can I charm her? And she tells him, hey, you know, you're just a level one NPC. If you want to, like, actually impress me, you know, get some levels. So he actually goes throughout the video game stealing glasses from players so he can interact with the game as a player. And essentially, like, all the chaos that people are creating in this game that's kind of like GTA, essentially, he goes and he stops them. <laughs> He becomes kind of this hero of the game, and everybody wants to know who he is without realizing he's an NPC. And I'll, like, that's just kind of going over quickly what it is. I'll go ahead and say right now, I was pretty much thoroughly entertained by this movie. It's not great art, but this was fun. It's just kind of goofy. Yeah, we see some of the game interaction there. He's part bank of heist. He, yeah, he's actually a bank teller and he's part of the bank heist uh, scenario that players go in. Uh, there's even a conversation between him and his friend where uh, they're like, hey, did you like the, the shoes on that one glasses person? And the person was like, what, the 3.30? And he was like, no, the 4 o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, but seeing like essentially this video game world and that it's pure chaos, but, you know, the NPCs are happy. And then seeing the NPC kind of tear it apart. Not really tear it apart, but just kind of interact and kind of do his own thing in it. It was actually yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, I will go ahead and add, I think it kind of, it's, I don't think it falls apart. I think it's still good. But in the, uh, I want to say the last, I'll say third act actually becomes more of a romance between uh, the glasses girl here and the other programming guy, which I don't even know if he's in the trailer. But it's all revealed that the Ryan Reynolds NPC, a lot of the NPCs in this game were actually designed to be uh, more well uh, refined. And uh, the Ryan Reynolds ones was actually designed after this fellow programmer that she knows and she realizes he has a crush on her and becomes kind of mopey and dopey. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt there was a little bit of cringe. I don't even think we see it. Ryan Reynolds fights a super muscular program. Ryan Reynolds, Chad Reynolds, I think a lot of people call him. Hi, oh, he's not even in here. I don't think we see him in the trailer. Anyways, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's this bit where he actually uh uses captain america's shield and a lightsaber against this chad reynolds and it's kind of cute and cringe at the same time it's kind of funny that oh. stuff's in there it's kind of 
funny. Chris Evans has a really quick little cameo. And at the same time, it's such clear self-promotion that becomes cringe as well. So a lot of my big problems with this movie fall almost entirely in that third act. Uh, It doesn't kill the movie. Uh, I also, there's actually other things that kind of bug me. There's a thing in the middle of the movie where apparently the Ryan Reynolds character, the blue shirt guy going out and causing good in this game, uh, he gets like big press coverage over national news. And it's like, really? A video game character <laughs> doing stuff is national news? Who gives a shit? Oh, I mean, <laughs> you, you've, you've watched the news. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> Really shocked by that? Yeah, fuck COVID. We're going to talk about Blue Shirt Guy. I mean, <laughs> are the vaccines effective? Who cares? Blue Shirt Guy. Who cares? What is an NPC? <laughs> we'll tell you at five. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm more or less. Oh, there's something else I want to bring up. And it is fleeting my brain. Maybe it'll come to me later. But. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I would recommend this movie. It's not great. It was fun, though. It's worth checking out. Okay. Let's see. What do we have? All right. Oh, do we have yeah, What we... If next? All right. All right. Here we go. We got to wait for it to load up. This is exciting. Yeah. Loading, loading, loading. <laughs> Keep loading, loading, loading. <laughs> Woo. Sorry, Limp Biscuit is still in my mind from load after and last load week. Loading, <laughs> Limp Biscuit's still fresh in my mind. <laughs> okay. You ever well, heard I'm... of this band? What Limp Biscuit? I've never heard of that. Are they new? Are they new? Oh, okay, here we go. We got the all load up here for Star Lord. Uh, Star Lord. <laughs> Star Lord. <laughs> Star Lord. Uh, what if episode two? Oh, uh, this, I feel like this is kind of like the last one, but better. Oh, yeah, go ahead and play now. It's okay. You sure? Go ahead to use the guy. That is so generous of you. Okay. Oh, it stopped on Chadwick Boseman. And that is important because that is a huge highlight because I do believe this is... It really is. This is his last performance in the MCU, I believe, in this episode. Yes, I believe it is as well. I've read that. I recall hearing something to that. It's either this. He might have another episode, but I believe this this is probably the last at least starring role he'll have in the MCU. Yeah. But he does a great job. Uh, Yeah, he really does. Like really was amazing <laughs> i did find uh their logic essentially this is just what if guardians of the galaxy but t'challa instead of uh star lord instead of star lord he is star lord instead or, of peter quill yeah so you don't get the soundtrack yeah. although you get a little bit at the end uh we can get to that later um yeah <laughs> but i do think this is better than the last one but also has a lot of the same issues as the last one not as severe though um whereas the last one i felt was kind of just captain america the first avenger a couple minor twists thrown in but essentially the same thing but carter this one starts out guardians of the galaxy with chitala but things change very quickly um yeah kind of you kind of notice it with that scene let's see if i can bring it up that scene 
that was in the beginning intro piece. Ah, here we go. Perfect. So he's like, like I go by another name. Then he stands forward, and then it keeps on going back for some reason. Laggy is fun. <laughs> okay. Let's see if it stays there. All right. And then the response is this. Oh, Star-Lord! I'm a huge fan of your work. What are you doing here? That Drops his gun. not the reaction mm -hmm. I was expecting. I, I, I did like that. Yeah, that was it was. Cool. It, that was a cool way to uh, subvert expectations there with just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was like, oh well, this is what if. Yeah, so. you know, you know, nobody knows who Peter Quill Star Lord is, but T'Challa Star Lord. Fuck yeah! Uh, and there is a little bit of like, isn't uh, T'Challa awesome in this? But at the same time, I get it because T'Challa is way more uh, competent than Peter Quill is for many, many reasons. <laughs> many, many. Many reasons. I, I know. Everybody loves what he did in Infinity War. It was great. <laughs> but, like, but still, yes, there are... It, there is, like, a stark contrast between the two characters. They are both still heroes, but mm -hmm. T'Challa just is better. <laughs> and one thing I definitely want to add is the uh, brain fart. I think brain farting during the podcast really adds depth and uh, thought. No, I thought their reasoning for why T'Challa was picked up instead of Peter Quill was really kind of flimsy. I didn't really buy it. Yeah. There's like a billion people you could have picked up around Wakanda, and instead you're Ooh. you're picking up the the, the, the prince. Uh, yeah, the prince. Yes, I was like the would be king. No, Wakanda. Yes, that's that seems like kind of a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, Yondu, that's even far from me, man. Yeah. But over... it was oh, it, oh. it was cool that Michael Roker, like all like a lot of the people who returned to yeah. do their voices, like Michael Roker, Karen Gillum, uh I believe that was Josh Brolin. Yes. Yeah, and I I'm gonna get to Josh. We're gonna get to Thanos in a minute. Yeah. Well actually let's go ahead and show Nebula. Let's see if I can dig her up. Because yeah. she is very drastically uh, she is not the same character at all. Nothing. Well, yes. Because when she per first popped up, it was just like, what? No. Let's see. What? It, wait, did they say? Yeah. We get Thanos there. <laughs> I think we see Nebula. Oh, wait, no, wait. There she was. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Drax. Okay, yeah. I, oh, yeah. You, there's a little not bit of Nebula. Yeah, not Batista, <laughs> Drax. Was... Watching that, I will say watching that, I get it, because it's probably a lot cheaper not to get him, and it was such a small role. Yeah. He's there for, like, two seconds. He has there a we lot. go. That's a great shot, Nebula. That yeah. is Nebula right there. <laughs> yes, not Smurfette. No. Uh, and she's a drastically different character. Thanos is a drastically different character, too, although they have fun with it. They they, they kind of do, and that also was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's see if I can actually even find that clip. Uh, get that line. Yeah. Oh my god, that line is great. <laughs> I I did audibly laugh like out loud at that and was like, alright, that that was pretty funny. Yeah, okay, there's no way I'm gonna be able to pinpoint that. But uh that still sounds like genocide oh, to me, but oh wait, wait, wait. Is this it? <laughs> 
Pretty sure it's still just genocide, big guy. And I'm pretty sure it's efficient. <laughs> that's that's the ending of it, but essentially it was just like, you know, well, it, it, that's genocide. He's like, no, but it's random. Yeah, it, it random still is still like genocide, gen dude. <laughs> still sounds like genocide to me, bud. Yes. <laughs> exactly what it is <laughs> they had a lot of fun with that of banos not really ever doing it but just being yeah. more peaceful which that was I, I think i saw a meme about it where it said like facing the boss and it showed a picture of him at of thanos at the end of endgame and then it said when you unlock him as a playable character and then it showed him sitting at that lounge yes yes <laughs> and it's like yeah that's very much how that was yeah well credit to whoever created that meme but that yeah Pretty much once you get the introduction of Star-Lord, that's where the story diverges. So it's pretty different <laughs> from Guardians. Like, you have uh, the Ravengers, obviously. So Yondu and T'Challa, and then the random Ravengers that are there. But also part of their crew, you have Thanos, uh, Nebula. Uh, was there anybody else unexpected? Uh, the, cre the Collector. Well, the Collector uh, is not part of that crew. But no, we oh, do get oh, to him. Oh, the Ravengers? Uh, there was... Um, uh... There was uh, his first hand, uh, Sean Gunn's brother. Yeah. I think, oh, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. He, he was in Guardians, too, though. So. But he was also um, yeah. uh, with the immortal Taserface. Oh, was he one of them? Taserface? I is, totally missed that. That's the, awesome. <laughs> he was in the beginning. That's That was actually my first note. Because nice. he did something, and he messed something up. And it's like, you see, Taserface, this is why we don't let you do anything. Yeah. It's like, dude, you, you looked at all the names in the world, and you chose fucking Taserface? Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but yes, and I believe that was the same actor too. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, a lot of the actors are the same. I do sometimes wonder why they choose him because I actually think how big his role was it what made sense to get go ahead and get Chris Evans for the last one. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, like Batista on this one, I get. Like, <laughs> I get. Yeah, I get that mm -hmm. one. But there, this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, no. Like, I get like the getting the smaller roles, but the, a lot of the the voice talent that they have for it, I've noticed, is still very good at at least emulating that person's mm -hmm. voice. Yeah, and I do want to bring up one person who I felt didn't. Okay, so the collector is the main villain here, and he has the uh, Black Order working for him instead of Thanos. And I have to say. Uh, I don't know orders, what right? was up with Benicio Del Toro's voice. Pause. Why are you playing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't recognize that at, at all. No, it doesn't sound like his collector voice at all. It kind of sounds like he's reading the lines. And it's kind of, I actually feel like it might have been better. Let's see. Can we get a good shot of him? He's in a lot of the episode. Oh, yeah. Now it skips away. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that was, yeah. Mm. But yeah, he, he is essentially that. the main villain, and I don't think Benicio Del Toro really cared. <laughs> no, he was definitely, like, you know, phoning that one in. And that's the thing. And, like, I actually, like, he does this weird thing when he played the collector in the live-action movies where he's like, oh, it's really kind of weird, and it really kind of works. And he doesn't well, do that at all here. You know? Yeah, he 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 really was like a. It was a sedated version almost. Yes. Of the collector, but you think with what he was doing in the episode, he would be like more animated with it. Yeah. Right? Like per se, yeah. But I just, mean, 
get more into the performance and not just sound like he's replaying his role from Usual Suspects, but playing the collector. I know. Well, this might actually be his biggest, like, actual screen time role uh, for the collector. This might be the biggest yeah. appearance he has in all of the MCU. I don't know. I guess this would count as multiverse MCU. Um, we we also do need to bring up after this the uh, the steal away hero of this episode. Oh, I want to hear this. What is this? <laughs> Howard the Duck. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, What's well, the thing? Like all the voice actors, even Howard the Duck, they got Seth Green to come back to play well, Howard Seth, the Duck here. Yes, yeah, Seth did the voice in the show, or like in in both uh, Guardians yeah. and Ragnarok. But he has also done the voice of Howard the Duck, like, uh, I want to say, like, I know, I'm sure he's done it on Robot Chicken. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. <laughs> Wait, did, I, is I, he I, involved I, with Robot Chicken? <laughs> I, yeah, him and, uh, I don't remember that what the guy's name is. <laughs> that, the, 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 oh, no, I know that one of the actors they use is that guy who played John in the new uh, Garfield movie, Brecken Meyer. Oh, yeah, it might be. But yeah, he's on that show. Is he? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, who. He, is he the co-creator? Like, I think. I think he is one. I know he's. I know he's one of the writers. Brecken and Seth are like one yeah. of the writers. With I think Matthew Screenich. I think is his name. That sounds more familiar. I know the series was I, created by Seth I Green and have, somebody else. And that's why I haven't I'm watched on my the phone show. right now. I, truth, I truthfully have not watched that show in years. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've always just watched segments. I love the Star Wars episodes. Okay. Yeah. God, where is it? Well, if I had to guess, just looking at IMDb real quick, I would guess the two guys are Seth Green and Matthew Senrick. Senrick. Who are, like, the main guys involved with that. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> oh. <Woo. laughs> but, yeah, I love uh, Howard the Duck popping up in here. I kind of love how they're weaving him into the MCU. I love, did you, did you, did you ever catch the little moment where they sneak him into Endgame? Uh, I saw, I've seen a still and I've watched Endgame seven times and I still, and I watch it just to spot him. Yeah, yeah. I haven't caught him. It's like I haven't caught him yet. Quick sh- Oh, I, I've caught him. But of course, I've done video editing, and I'll I'll do freeze frame. Yeah. Like, boom, there it is. <laughs> it is super well, quick. Yeah, I I haven't actually dumped. A, I haven't actually taken that scene and dumped it into Premiere yet. But I mean, if I do that, I would just be. Mm. And there he is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think there might just be like the one shot with him. But it's great. So apparently, I at think some... it is just like a very quick split second one. We do need to get that Howard the Duck versus Thanos one on one battle at some point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, where's that scene, Marvel? Yeah, fucking Where's slackers. that segment? I mean, I would have taken him and uh, Rocket both ta- like both fighting them together. <laughs> but yes. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. I think this is a small step in the right direction for What If. Yes. The next episode, which came out yesterday, but I'm not going to watch till the weekend until I have my kids. Um, that looks very interesting. I'm kind of excited to see how that one turns out. I don't have you seen I don't know it about the new one yet. I haven't seen any teasers or anything. I always go into them blind. Okay. Well, do you want to know the title? Because I've looked at the title. I've had to look at the uh, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know the title. Okay. Let me dig that up really fast. But it's like just the title I, by itself. I I'm just, like, ooh, I'm like, 
Yeah, I've, I just never see the teasers for them or anything. Like, I'll just kind of go, oh, next episode. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, where is it? There it is. I mean, I'm still waiting for the next season of, right. of Captain America and the, and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, we're getting a movie instead of a season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. The, the next episode, we'll discuss it next week. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Oh. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've also had to read the description for that, but yeah, it's. Oh. It sounds much person. darker, and it's it's much more what I was expecting in line with what I expected what if to be. I will, uh, like all like especially this one. It I guess it kind of has a darker ending. Uh, let's see. Well, it's not dark. T'Challa does return home. But yes, we do get Ego. In fact, if I can sync up, I can just play it. Because it's, it's a, just a couple seconds. Uh, sorry. We're close. My Peter. Can't spare a little time for dear old dad. Too bad. This might spell the end of the world. Where, where were no, we No, we were just... You were telling me the, the name of the uh, next episode. Oh yes, that's right. What if the world lost its mind? And it series? was, uh, yes, and that that I'm interested and yeah. invested. Well, that's definitely what I expected. What if to be when they started this series? I don't expect it to just be like occasionally doing like a swap thing is fine. Doing two swap episodes in a row is a bit much. I understand not wanting to lead with a Chichala episode, but yeah. it probably would have been a better lead. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not, the Captain Carter thing, it's a fun concept, but they don't do as much with it. T'Challa, they do a bit more with. It's still not as good as I would hope. But yeah, I, I will say this. All the performers do a great job, except for Benicio Del Toro, who I don't think was fully into it. Uh, and Chadwick Boseman yeah. is definitely included <laughs> among the people who really did a great job. He is definitely all in. I am so sad he's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episode is dedicated to yeah. him. And you get it. Yeah. Like, just this voiceover. He does a great job. Uh, Michael Rucker also is just kind of amazing. Yeah, it it made me sad that this is probably the last time we're going to see Yondu. Yeah, it might be. Ah, they can always squeeze him into more what if, though. <laughs> they can, but... <sighs> that's that's true. With uh, yeah. James Gunn probably moving to DC, uh, yeah, this oh, might be he it. He still especially. has another Guardians. He still has yeah, another Guardians. Yeah, he has another Guardians movie. And we get the Christmas special, too. We can't forget that. I forgot there that, is going to be a Christmas special. I'm not going to lie. I kind of love that idea. <laughs> I hope it's as glorious as the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, wow, <laughs> you put that on it. It could never live up to that standard. I mean, I don't know. Grandpa watching porn in the living room. With yeah. The... Shit, we're going to have to talk about that at some point now. Yes, we will. <laughs> ah, come Just, on. I'll, well, we should, we, we'll talk about it around Life Day. How about that? Oh, uh, yes, the, the great Life Day. Um, in December. In December. <laughs> well, I do feel like, uh, I think I've said a lot of what I was going to say on this episode. Do you have anything to add? No, like like I said, I, I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of middle of the road with it. Mm -hmm. Like I did like it, but I kind of agree with you with like the uh, two characters swapping in for out. That just two in a row. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else. I kind of wanted to see more. But I, it was a very nice tribute to mm -hmm. Chadwick Boseman and, as the and for the character T'Challa. It was 
really great and i loved all of that like voice characters were great the story was great because and the twist was good but i just kind it kind of left me wanting more yes yes it's i wouldn't say i was let down i just just kind of wanted a little bit more i would say i, I you know i wouldn't say i was let down so much with this one but definitely let down with the other one i just yeah do more do more just, just, just do something a bit more. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about great art now? Oh, yeah. Are you? T- are we talking about meathead great art or like music great art? <laughs> oh, we're talking about uh, absolutely great art uh, with the next segment. <laughs> so the van belongs to the Katana gang. Yep. <laughs> I should probably get, bring up my video controls. This is even the best scene. Hey, Peggy, where are you? I'm landing. No, 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 don't land. We oh my you. god, pause. I'll oh my god. Room. I'm sorry, everybody. You have to sit down and watch Samurai Cop with us. How? We had to suffer through it. Now you have to. Man. How can you see what's going on on the street? There we go. Okay. Oh. How? This is purely great art. Um, oh, this is man. brilliant work right here. Yeah, this uh, this one was some deep hurting. All right. Oh shit. Oh, oh god. Oh crap. I have to edit that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that shit. Yep. <laughs> okay, more than we bargained for on this podcast. Okay, I have to be careful with this fucking movie shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, there's so much of shit like that in this movie. Oh my god. Um so we are talking about <laughs> We are talking about the great art known as Samurai Cop, and I'm gonna find a good still image and then we're gonna stay on that so I don't it. have to worry about it. So <laughs> I think we had it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh anyways. Samurai Cop, do you want to go over the plot, or shall I go over the plot? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, you should. <laughs> is there I, a I plot, a actually? Is there a... Um, I, this guy, he comes from San Diego. Samurai Joe from San Diego. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> there's a bad uh, street game in, like, what was it, San Francisco, or was this Los Angeles? Keep on him. I, I yeah. I was about to say we got Robert Sadar. We're good. We got Robert. <laughs> keep on him. Yes. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, that, that face that occupies twenty five percent of the screen. Yeah, I think his face is like at least like two acres wide, right? Two acres. It, it needed its own trailer. Yeah. Oh, they, they've given him a zip code. <laughs> this movie, like the wigs, the the bad lines, the lighting, the acting, the dialogue. Oh. Gosh, yeah. So there's this bad gain, uh, the katanas, right? Yeah. Japanese sword. Japanese. Well, yes, but there's a street <laughs> gain known as the katanas. I think <laughs> that are running, causing mass chaos on the streets of, uh, I believe, L.A. And uh, they bring this cop in from San Diego, who's known, who knows martial arts. So they think, yeah, this guy known Samurai Joe, he should take on this group called the katanas. Ooh. So that's why he's here now our hero oh yeah joe he just knows karate and 
yeah, they don't. I don't. I don't think they go into how he learned it, or he, he learned from some guy, in, like an ancient master in Japan. I think is what they said. I I had a rough time following this one. <laughs> well, there's not much to follow. This movie is. Uh, you have these bad guys. Uh, Robert Zadar is not even the leader. There's another guy who's the leader. Not gonna jump around because I don't want to get taken down by YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we have uh, Robert Zadar is like his second, or his second in command, I think, something yeah. like that. Anyways, his lead henchman. <laughs> these big bad guys. We have Samurai Cop, who in half the movie is wearing a wig, uh, and it's very that... obvious. Uh, essentially, like, they did reshoots in the wig. The story is they did reshoots with the wig. He cut his hair in between the reshoots and the regular shoots. And they got him a wig. And rather than just, like, actually cut the wig, so kind of looked like the same hairstyle, it just looks like half the time he has normal long hair and half the time he's wearing a woman's wig. <laughs> like, like one of those bad 80s hair metal Halloween costume wigs. Yes, yes. Like uh, the wig I wore when I went... Uh, to a Halloween party as Slash. That's the type of quality we're dealing with in this movie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I will say this. One of the wigs, and I knew it was, the main bad guy through this movie, a uh, Mr. Fujiyama. Fuji, Fuji something. Are you Fuji, Fujiyama? <laughs> it was Fujiyama. <laughs> it made me think of the Japanese restaurant near me. Oh, <laughs> Named the Fujiyama. Nah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, his hair was perfect. <laughs> perfect. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, yes, he owns this club called the Blue Lagoon, and apparently that can be a real dodgy place, especially the parking lot. The cops go to confront the uh, leader of the gang at a bad guy brunch that they were having. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, they get out into an all-out big action movie gunfight in the parking lot of this breakfast, diner, nightclub place. They don't really establish what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. Well, I could have just blocked it out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's so many action scenes in this movie. They kind of blur together. And calling them yeah. action scenes is kind of a stretch. It really feels like just people hitting their spots. <laughs> and letting the squids go off and yes. slowly falling down sometimes yeah. rolling to your knees and then yeah. your side you literally you you see the actors just waiting for their cue to be like oh i've been shot <laughs> oh i think that 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 first shot that suspect they were taking who got shot yeah. how you see him standing normally and then his eyes shut and then the squid blows yeah <laughs> oh best my. take we had on that uh yeah, I mean it's like, do you want to go for take two? No, we're we're gonna go for that one. No, we okay. only have the money for one per guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, the lighting in this movie is all over the place. Uh, there's sometimes it's like it's on point. Mm-hmm. Other times it is horrendously misguided. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna say this. This still I have up here of Robert Zadar, probably one of the best lit scenes in the movie. Of course, it's natural lighting. Of course, throughout this movie, they fuck up natural lighting, too, which is kind of impressive in its own right. I don't know how you yeah. really fuck that up, but they do. They overexpose the shit out of some of this stuff. They, um... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, one of the advantages to shooting outside is usually you get the sun out. You get some great fucking lighting. You don't really have to do shit. 
Yeah, they're gonna fuck that up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to manipulate the it at rarely at all outside. Yeah, unless you got a very overcasty day and yeah. you live in Ohio. Yes, but. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did have one thing that kind of, well, <laughs> my favorite part during that big uh, par- that first parking lot brawl was Katana versus Pistol. That's right. <laughs> that guy we, got we his own something off. with that. Yeah. It's so, it almost. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that guy did do something with it. Yeah. Uh, I just, <laughs> I remember clearly. I don't know if I really went over the story. Essentially, you have this samurai cop. We have Frank, his partner, who makes weird uh, faces and occasionally cracks a joke that isn't really funny. And they bring up the fact that he's We're black in really awkward situations. <laughs> and it, grossly inappropriate ones. Too. Yes, yes. Just like, wow, somebody wrote right? that. That's a thing. Somebody... somebody was proud of that line. No, I guess we, I guess we should probably, since we brought up uh, there's a scene where the hooligans break into Frank's place. He just took a shower. I think they take his towel off and they put... He's, they sit him down and remove the towel. Yeah, they put a knife and you, obviously you don't see it, but they put a knife towards uh, his crotch. His belly button. And they're like, <laughs> yo, we're gonna take away this gift. This black gift. And it's like, what the fuck am I watching? One, one. That was actually, I, I picked my phone up and almost texted you like, what the fuck do you have me watching? <laughs> this is this is a brilliant bad movie, kind of. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Just, I can't believe this one escaped me for as long as it did. Oh, dude, it's, I'm a little bit jealous because uh, you said you watched the Rift Tracks version, which came out recently. Yeah. Great timing. Well, right. Yeah, it, I found that was the one that was available for free to stream on um, uh, on Amazon Prime. I tried to find just a regular version of it, but it was just unavailable for stream or purchase at the time. Well, it was just one of them I found. But after I had found the Rift version, there was a regular, and it's like, oh, I've already watched it, but good to know. Well, <laughs> I know. Uh, I think they posted the Rift Tracks version on uh, YouTube now, so you can just watch that on YouTube. Um, nice. I, I was... it, it, it it did help. Mm. It really did help, and I found myself trying not to paraphrase Bill while I was writing my notes. Bill, oh, uh... Bill Colbert. Oh, uh, oh, sure. Yes. You see, I didn't have that on me, but I do want to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, they're all three funny guys. I just Bill just makes me laugh the hardest. <laughs> oh, was it all three of them on that one? Yeah, it was uh, all three. So it was like Mike, Crow, and Tom. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you're going to bring it in the whole crew, it's going to be for Samurai Cop. Oh, God, yeah. You might you like, might be wondering why was... I haven't really gone into the story past there's cops and there's this bad gang. Kind of that is the story. The only thing I'd probably yeah. add is that uh, the Samurai oh. Cop likes to fuck everything that moves. <laughs> yes, he will fuck anything that's lukewarm. <laughs> I mean... And, and a plot, and part of his character is that he has to be aggressively and overtly sexual with ah, every like, female in, he encounters. Kind every of, single one. Kind of puss and sexual assaulty, although they all seem into it, so I guess maybe not, but. Well, yeah, there was in real life, they nurse, wouldn't be. In real life. Yeah, yeah. It, there was that nurse who was quite forward. Mm hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we got the clip of that earlier. Deadpool thought it was yeah. quite rude. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, God, this, this fucking movie. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> at the end, uh, at the end, well, what you think is the end, he has like a, uh, oh, wait. My favorite part was uh, when he runs into that lady near the end uh, where Joe meets that woman. They take him and say, like, here, I'm going to take you to my house. And she walks into the house and says, is this your house? You're standing in a house. Mm. like That's right. Well, oh, it's so implied, like at the beginning, like he's hooking up with a female police officer and it's like, okay, I guess they're in a relationship. They spend way too long on the sex scene. Way too uncomfortable. And then there's the, the... And that was all in the Riffs version, too. <laughs> oh, God. And I wonder how much is in the, the YouTube version, I wonder. Uh, and then <laughs> there's... <laughs> and then there's the... Uh, the boss's girlfriend. Who, yeah. he is, like, right up, like, hey... What you doing with this loser? Hook up with me in front of his fucking face. And it's like, yeah. okay. And she, she doesn't go for it, but he keeps on pushing at her, and eventually she does go for it. And yeah, that's not how that works. Take a hit, motherfucker. <laughs> Take a <laughs> What I really loved is after the gang attacked them, and they had their payback where they attacked uh, Mr. Fujiyama, mm -hmm. which you think is like the big battle at, as the climax since they're taking care of the main bad guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to just repeat the whole fucking thing that we just did <laughs> and just do it again. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. But only this time, but only this time we're going to wrap it up really quickly. That's right. They kill off the big bad guy and it's kind of anticlimactic, but it's like, okay, well now we're at the end of the movie. Oops, and you well, totally forget Robert Zadar is still fucking out there. And then we get the really long action climax where they we get this sped up sword fight. It looks awful. It's yeah, a it, geez, fucking man. hell. It is about <laughs> as incompetent as you can get. <laughs> oh, yeah. The line I put is like, and that, well, that wrapped up rather quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, wait, I was wrong. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, when it, when the big boss was dead, I was like, okay, well, it's over. That wasn't too bad. Oh, fuck. That's right. Robert Zadar is still out there. Oh. Oh, copyright strike. Apologies. My phone was cut. My phone was, I'll have to make, call them back. Ooh. But yeah, this, this movie sucks. But I kind of love it too. <laughs> I kind of... Yeah, I it was bad, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of bad in a lot of the right ways. I do have to admit the room is a lot funnier. But <laughs> this definitely has its moments. Like, oh yeah. my god, that what the Maitre D after they confront the crime boss? What the Jeez. fuck was the point of that shit? When the... what, 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 why couldn't he be in the movie more? I know, like he was entertaining. He actually like there's. I don't even know what the fuck was up with him. I would jump to him, but, you know. <laughs> that was, like, he is, like, kind of flamboyant. I assume he's supposed to be gay. Uh, I think that's what they were implying. Yeah, that's how they imply gayness back in the early 90s. Um, but, you know, he's actually a minor character that had kind of a character. Because most of these, there's not really characters here. Uh, kind of assholes, for the most part. <laughs> assholes in... 
stereotypes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I <laughs> guess the most sympathetic character is Frank. Yeah. Well, not that I, I did care. like when, when he <laughs> got shot and faked out death. Yeah. I said, like, oh, no, Frank. Yeah. No, he's okay. Oh, he's okay. I mean, he's your fine. main character is Joe, and he—they are. It's so obvious they want to present him as like super badass and like, uh, like male fantasy but, empowerment. But but walking shit. around looking like they're constipated. Yeah, no, it completely doesn't work. He comes off like an incredible fucking asshole. You know? Yeah, he comes off as a meathead. Yes. Oh my god, and just fucking everything that moves. It's like, oh, good for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that, no, that, yeah, divide and conquer, man, yeah, yeah, just fuck off over there. <laughs> uh, at some point when we do a few more of these, I was thinking it'd be fun to rank them. I don't think we're quite there yet, but no, I definitely want to say you will be for next week's. Ooh, do you have a plan for next week? Yes. Ooh, what? Let's uh, what what you got in mind? Um, uh, we're gonna talk about sleepaway camp next week. Sleepaway camp? Yes. I have not heard of that one. I am intrigued. I am intrigued. I am intrigued. It's a uh, slasher horror in the spirit of uh, Friday the 13th, you know, like kids at a camp and all of that. But this one is a little bit more infamous for its over-the-top characters, acting, a few gruesome death scenes, but good looking for practical effects. Uh, score and uh, ending. All right, I I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I've never heard of it. But, it is. Uh, it, it, it's not gold, but there are some really great points throughout. All right, it's it's honestly one of my favorite horror films. <laughs> well, do you have any final thoughts on Samurai oh. Cop? Uh, there's a sequel that stars Tommy Wiseau, and maybe that one yeah, is a little bit better. Yeah, we'll have better. to get to that one. We yeah. might have to. I don't know. Get him better might make it worse. I don't know. I, I, I don't you, know. Do, do you understand life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. It's so weird. These bad movies have this, like, range. And it's like, there's this middle range where if you're a bad movie, you're just fucking bad. Like, yeah. like Space Jam 2. Competently made piece of shit movie and don't watch it because it's awful samurai cops actually a lot of fun and it's way worse made than space jam 2 it's yeah. not even in the same ballpark like this but th- you th- can have fun with this samurai cop looks like it was definitely made for public access yes but it's still more entertaining than you know <laughs> mm. Pro- i haven't seen space jam 2 but i do not have the desire to <laughs> don't don't yeah, do that. I, I, Don't. I, I trust your opinion on film. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> but, uh, oh, there's one quick scene I do want to talk about here. Just a little scene, because it's a little bit in the middle, and it shows you how bad the lighting is. Because there's this bit where uh, you have, like, I want to say three shots with the gang talking to each other. And it's counting between these three shots. And the lighting in one of the shots is so far off, I do not believe... It's in the same area. In fact, I pretty much guarantee you it's not in the same area, but they're trying to make it look like it is. But literally, <laughs> after that scene's over, they cut to the police precinct, and the police precinct is lit exactly like that one oddball shot. Oh, God, you're right. And it made oh. me think, okay, now I believe those people were in the police precinct oh. and not meeting with the you, king. 
You you mean when they were making great use of corners, putting your character directly in front of a corner yes. of the room? Because that that's how you do it. That's, oh my god! Oh god! Oh, I forgot. Oh, ow! Especially oh. like if you're going to have the lighting that far off, you definitely want to make sure the next scene is lit more like the one shot in the other scene yeah. to really make it weird. Really. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I just remember watching it thinking, okay, I don't believe they're in the same room. And then they cut to precinct. It's like, okay, I do believe they're in the precinct, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we might actually talk about some actual great art. Yes. Uh, uh, this is going to be Bobby Quarters. He's going to talk about House of the Rising Sun. Yes. Let me go ahead and bring this up. And I'm going to go ahead and kind of follow your lead. I don't know when you want me to bring up stuff. Uh, the images that are labeled like persons and all that. Okay. You could throw them up as I bring them up or mention them. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's, there's actually one that I wasn't able to properly download, so I don't know what you named it. So I just uh, titled it Dude. A <laughs> uh, guy sitting at a radio desk. Yeah, actually, I can pop it up once it fully loads here. Flag is fun. Let's see, is it up? Okay, okay, here we go. Dude. Who's that? Who's dude? Oh, that's Alan Lomax. Okay. All right, hey, so... Young, young Alan Lomax. Were they in order? Because I did number them. Uh, they were kind of just in the random order I downloaded them in. Okay. I... Eh, they could fix it. And I also have... Uh the song queued up on here. Well, the most famous version of the song. Uh, but yes. Uh, I will... About a paragraph in is where I will say we should play that one. Okay. All right. Uh, you can All just right. let me know. We've already cool. been discussing background stuff live on stream, yeah. so we're good. <laughs> yeah. We've set the bar at the so, low. We're good. <laughs> so, The House of the Rising Sun. It is a traditional folk song, sometimes referred to or called Rising Sun Blues. It tells a story of a person's life gone wrong in the city of New Orleans. Many different versions of it urge, si urge a sibling or a parent to avoid the same fate. Now, what is it about this song that makes it worth talking about? Well, what do you think it's about, Bob? I don't know. I've never actually thought. I, I, like, I know the most famous version, and I, I will get to it. Uh, I like... <laughs> I like the tone of it, though, but as far as what it's about, God, okay. I have to go over it in my like, head. Uh, why don't you tell me? I don't know off the top of my okay. head. <laughs> well, some people will interpret it as like a gambling house, you know, a, like a place of that, like, or something like a bar or a brothel or a prison. It's, it's throughout all the different versions and covers throughout this song's rich history. It still has one common theme, and it's the House of the Rising Sun, and that house is what it does represent. is just like the sin in this world and vice, a place for both of that and a place where someone can go to get it. Oh. And it's a doomed life and fate. <laughs> that is intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Now, this song also, it has like... A long history and some musicologists have dated it back to the 16th century oh. which a lot of those came from you know early american settlers people who would come over 
and you know settle in their areas and they would play folk songs with each other and their families and they were songs that their families would play those would later be songs that people would be traveling musicians they would come travel on a journey maybe finding new home or something just they'd be traveling they'd hear these songs and they'd remember them and they'd go to the next town and play them and kind of add some more to them like a lot of these early american folk songs all started this way and it's uh, this is really fascinating and i could go on about early american folk music but we're talking about one song in particular Mm -hmm. now this one this came up and really a lot of it whenever you mention it you say oh house of the rising sun everybody thinks about the animals version that they released this guy Yes. Now, what's funny about this is this was only recorded nine days after they premiered it, this version of it. Nice. <laughs> nine days after they played it live. They uh, were so, opening for Chuck. They were opening for Chuck Berry. <laughs> so wait, they actually did that live? That wasn't like a yeah. studio track before it was live? No, they, they worked on it and worked a version of that song, like their own take on it. And they premiered it live, like their version of it. Mm-hmm. They premiered it like, hey, here's our new song called House of the Rising Sun. And they played it. But by that point in American culture, and especially with folk and like 60s popular music at that time, it had kind of become a standard by that point. Yeah. Well, like it had, been, it had been a song that had been moved up. And oh, there it is. Ah. Ah. Anyways, I just wanted to show that. Uh, let's yeah. Go ahead. Uh, let me go ahead and bring that up real fast. But I just something I was really impressed with was this is way before music videos when that with that uh, video. Yet they have this. Oh yeah, that was like. Yeah, that was like uh, sometimes like okay, I'm trying to cue it up. There'd again. be promotional videos. Mm. There'd be like promotional videos of what the record companies would put out, mm. and they would just kind of film the band performing it in a television studio, having mm-hmm. fun. Or sometimes these would be on like your Ed Sullivan's or talk shows of that variety, like how they have. They even have music guests on talk shows like that today. It, it, it's very similar, but the production value back then was just way better than now. Because mm-hmm. that their video that video is just remarkable. In your there we go. Let's see if I can get. Oh my god. Okay, no technical errors. Uh, yeah, but I mean, just that's from the '60s, and there's yes. music videos that are much, much newer than that that don't have nearly that quality. Nearly. No. Now this song, it does date back to, like I said, a lot of traveling musicians, but they would pick it up because they would often get a lot of work as they're on the road doing it from like traveling snake oil salesmen or medicine shows that would have music to drum up a little bit of business. You know, Mm -hmm. the earliest version of this song was written in 1925 and the song was just called rising sun or rising sun blues. Uh, it, It was written from the viewpoint of a woman. Now, eight years later, a musician by the name, he was another traveling musician, a musician by the name of Clarence Tom Ashley, he recorded a version, which is the oldest version known to this day. 
Ooh. Now, years later, when he was asked about this, he had said, like, he had got the song from his grandparents, and it's one of those songs that's, you know, too old to talk about. Like a lot of folk songs, House of the Rising Sun is un- very uncertain of its authorship. Musicologists have said it is the tradition of broadside ballads, and, th- and thematically it has some resemblance to a 16th century song called The Unfortunate Rake, which is pretty much a person living a, a, living a life of sin. Uh, the folk collector, the folk song collector and fucking hero, Alan Lomax, suggested that the melody might be related to uh, a, a, a another folk song talk, uh, called Natty Groves. I had a hard time finding a decent English translation of this one, so I couldn't tell you what this one was about. But that song dates back to 1613. Now, Lomax was a musicologist, and yeah, he had made his life. He had spent a long time of his uh, of his professional life going around the country and recording people out of the trunk of his car, recording American folk music all over this country for the National Archive of American Folk Songs in the National Library of Congress. So all, all that's there and available, and I believe it's up streaming now too on uh, the archives website. Nice. <laughs> You could find all of this old, gray old music. Like, it to me, that's just freaking awesome. What a what a age to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Now because of now because of Lomax did this and recorded this, people like you know now I'm going to start mentioning names that you might recognize. Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger started hearing songs like this. They started performing them and recording their own versions of it. Now. When, with that, we're hearing more people playing their own version of it, and around the same time, uh, Twelve String Virtuoso, Lad Belly, who recorded it, who he recorded the version twice, once with it by himself, and the other with his wife, who she's saying it from the perspective of a woman. Am I going Me. too fast? Uh, no, you're fine. I'm going okay. too slow, really. I'm going. To... <laughs> now, in 1962. Nina Simone covered it on a live album, and she had a very slower, bluesier version of it. Now, in 1967, however, she did uh, on that album, uh, Nina Simone Sings the Blues, uh, her take on it was very much what that sound of Greenwich Village was at that time in the 60s of New York. And same time, Joan Baez did another slow cover of it. And around this time, the age-old folk master himself, the luscious Bobby Dylan, did his own version of it. Now, his song was a kind of a take off of an arrangement a friend of his had done. Uh, his his friend by the name of uh, James Van Rock had kind of came up with this chord progression for it, and he would play it in like a interesting finger-picking style, which Dylan incorporated into his version of it. And with Dylan's version, that soared on the charts. People heard that one, and it made it all the way across the pond to the UK, where the animals got wind of it, and they had heard it. So the animals, they wanted to do the same thing of what Dylan was doing, because that was just blowing their mind at that time, as what Dylan was doing to, for a lot of people who would go on to create music from the late 60s into the 70s. Dylan was blowing their mind. 
they decided to do the same thing, but let's play it electric. So they do the same intro as Dylan, put on the electric guitar, and you get that haunting opening of the song, where it pulls you into this dark and mysterious place, musically, that is. <laughs> now, Dylan did say, when he heard the, his ver- their version of it, he pulled his car over to the side of the road, got out, and started slamming his hands on on the hood because he was just so blown away and it was one of the things that helped him decide maybe I should play electric <laughs> for sure mm. yeah <laughs> well what I one so, thing I uh, interject real yeah, fast go ahead. I kind of love the yeah, animals yeah. version it's a great song but there's uh, it's it's definitely an older song but there's also kind of I almost feel like a timeless quality to it it's just kind of oh yeah it works insanely well uh, I'm not even really it, familiar with the animals, but that song, it sticks with you. Yes. It is insanely good. I almost feel like it has kind of almost a haunting quality, if that makes yes. sense. But yes. No, it, it absolutely does. And I feel that when you kind of, like, when I dug into this song a bit more, it really added to the quality a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, a- actually, on my way home today from work, this was playing on the radio. Yes. Mm. And I absolutely just listened to it the whole way through because it's a great song. And. <laughs> Man, that organ is just chilling. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. but the thing that, like, you know, so again, you know, what do you think this song could be about? I feel it depends on whomever the perspective is of singing the song, because both men and women have sang it and sang it from both perspectives. Now, Dylan, however, he's saying it from the female's perspective, which I thought very interesting choice on his end. But you know. Whether it is, you know, whatever it could be about or whoever is singing it, I think one main theme of it will still remain, whether it be a gambling den, a pub, a brothel, or a prison. I think it's a cautionary tale of vice and sin. And when a person's at their weakest and and worst place for them, the house of the rising sun will always be (laughs) down in New Orleans. And that's what I got. <laughs> ah, that, that. You see, I didn't know that much about this song. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, the funner things I found about it, like um, uh, the James Van Ronk fella, he, he, he would swear up and down that the song that he had heard, because he had remember seeing a photo of a woman sitting by a, a big old like factory window, or near a giant old factory building that said house of the rising sun women's penitentiary. And a lot of the stuff in the themes, I can see it kind of being about a prison too, but yeah, I can also definitely. see it being about a brothel, all of it. It all really just, it makes sense, but yeah, it's a fascinating tune. Yeah. Well, uh, I know obviously they use it in the, uh, Casino. Crap, the movie. Mm-hmm. Casino? The mo- no, the movie we just watched. Uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide oh, yeah, Squad they 2016, they make sure to drop that in there because uh, they will do anything they can for... <laughs> they really Rel- force anything relative, they could in there. But... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great song. Oh, there it is. Yes. Give me a second. I'm just posting this to YouTube, which I'm going to do a while ago. Um... <laughs> Good. 
But yes, this is... Honestly, I thought this was really interesting. Um, I didn't know anything about this. If you had asked me about this, uh, like, honestly, just a couple days ago, you told me House of Rising Sun, I won't have told you, oh, that was a song by the animals from the 60s. I didn't know there was a history to it beyond that and point. I, beyond, And I probably would have said, well, yes, you're kind of right. <laughs> but yes, now, yes. I just, I, I was so fascinated about this, and I got to... Where I gotta like give a little credit to where a lot of my research came from, obviously Wikipedia and watching a lot of interviews for it. But there was a there's a guy who's also on YouTube who covers individual pieces on music, and even artists, and he even does kind of a, di- a dive into their catalog. Uh, Channel Polyphonic. Uh, yeah, he, he. I gotta thank him for giving me a good timeline to follow and path not to fall into a rabbit hole. <laughs> Well, rabbit holes can be fun. <laughs> they can be. Like I, I dug into Alan Lomax and I found that website. I, I wish I would have sent you a link to it as well, but you can get lost in that archive. <laughs> well, there's. I, I hate. I, I, I know we're probably diving into something off shooting here, but I can't help but notice that one picture you sent me. Um, oh, okay, it's already clear. So let's bring this up. The lead belly picture. Um, yes. Is lead- that blackface? No. No. Nope. Oh, it must just be. was a black man. Okay, that must just be it the was color. Old photograph. Oh, I see. It's black and white. You see, I'm yeah. finding racism where there is none. <laughs> he, this he was a guy from '32, <laughs> I believe. And actually, um, uh, are you know the Nirvana Unplug set? I know of it. I've listened to a little bit of it. <laughs> There's a song on there called Where Did You Sleep Last Night. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a Lead Belly song. Really? Yeah. Yeah. His is way, way chiller. Like, not chiller, but like it haunting, chilling. And also, Lead Belly was uh, listed as one of Kurt's favorite uh, musicians. Really? I didn't yeah, know I believe that. there's like a deleted scene in that where he talked about some guys trying to sell me Lead Belly's guitar. Nice. No. I mean, I'd buy it. <laughs> I wouldn't play it, but I'd buy it. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we ready to? Do you have anything else to add? Or are we ready to move? Oh on? no, no. That that, that okay. was. That was it. Um, mm-hmm. The fun thing we we could kind of. I'm going to touch back into like troubles of podcasting. This also goes with segment writing. Uh, you sometimes you could find yourself into a corner or a rabbit hole, like I did with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well especially like i i love what you did but like when you're first starting it's good to get like nice uh setup going on i know i've gone to a point where i'm like okay i'll talk about free guy that's kind of about it (laughs) yeah but uh but yeah yeah, it's it's good to get a good flow when you're script writing and building your narrative yeah it's good for that and sometimes it's hard to get yourself and keep yourself on that rhythm well also when you're you're starting out a segment it's like okay i need to figure out exactly what i'm saying here (sighs) yeah (laughs) all right well we're gonna move on to the next thing which i am actually super super excited about i even wore the spider-man shirt Uh, because i'd wear mine (laughs) because there was a trailer that leaked today, and it was, of course, 
that uh, Steel Magnolias 2 trailer. So we're going to live react to that one right now. Steel <laughs> Vengeance. Yes. <laughs> I would pay money the to revenge. see that. <laughs> like Olivia Dukakis with like a fucking chain gun. <laughs> but yes, uh, so I guess we'll talk a little bit about the, the story before we dive right in. I do want to dive right in. But was it Tuesday <laughs> when this started leaking? Was it Monday or Tuesday? I want to say it was Monday when it leaked. Early Monday. Mm-hmm. And Marvel and Sony did their damnedest to put it down. I did find one version of it, which pretty much looked like if I was filming it on my computer like this. You know, it looks awful, that. but stuff like that does help the, the with the copyright guard stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it looks awful. That's just a trade off. <laughs> but I maybe got 10 seconds into watching that and thinking, you know what? Marvel's going to put it up later. Marvel or Sony will release mm-hmm. it since it's been leaked to the world already. Well, no, it, just put it. It, it, it did literally seem like it was a thing where like, it would get posted and take down almost immediately. So if you want to watch it, you got to be on top of it. Someone posts it, you got to click on that and start watching it immediately, otherwise you'll lose it. Of course, I also, yeah. to my understanding, a lot of the effects weren't finished, and it was very rough. Yeah. Um, I didn't it, watch any of it. Um, this is all secondhand from me. Uh, after the Afterwards, I did watch a version of that, and yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 it looked like uh, First Leak of Wolverine bad. Uh, I don't know what's yeah. worse, the first week <laughs> of Wolverine or actual Wolverine. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, not every movie can be, not every movie about Logan can be Logan. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but, yes, this, but once the trailer dropped, I sent Bob a link to it and was yes. like, dude, trailer. <laughs> I'm excited for it, and I started watching it, I saw him. MJ and Peter are on there, and I was like, you know what? I should say this for the podcast. So I'm going to watch it live now. So I've not seen this before. So everybody gets to see me go, huh. And gets to watch me laugh at you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see Nacho Libre return, though. That is a character we've been needing. Oh, just wait. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Don't worry, it will lag. <sighs> I think it's interesting how it goes for like like almost nothing. <laughs> <clears throat> there we go. Look at this. This is a good one. Oh, see if this Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male yep. spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop. Come on. <laughs> yes, my spider lord. <laughs> Can we just, like, stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. Okay, I was about ready to say, is he a, is he a fugitive? He's, he's reading a newspaper, but, you know, he seems out and about. Okay. The drones did. The drones that are yours. I mean, I can imagine it took that long. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Okay, I want to add the drones are actually Tony's. <laughs> In his defense. <laughs> yeah. He, he inherited them, but, you know, he had them for like two minutes. Come on, give him a break. Give him a... Give the kid a break. 
now that everybody knows you don't really have oh, to my fist out. My fist out. lie <laughs> to people. For the record, I never yep. wanted to lie to you. Like, how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. Show the air I mean, yeah, so, for real. You need to shut up right now. I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay. He is looking way more relaxed. What the? Okay. <laughs> he has a hoodie. He has a well, hoodie on. I guess he just wearing his his casual gear and the cloak of levitations on him. Cause well, why not? Okay. <laughs> okay, Stephen. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't okay. cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Fine. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> the entire world yeah. is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with this spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh my okay. god, Mason, stop talking. So, it didn't occur to him to have a discussion about this, I just... <laughs> well... Alright. Do, do you think Peter would listen? <laughs> I don't know. But still, this seems like, hey, let's cast spell right now and discuss the the big things the spell will be doing. Uh, timing sucks. The ramifications. (laughs) What just happened? Okay. We tampered with the stability of space time. Multiverse is a concept about which we know. We're going to adopt the train territory. Yep. Problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. Hey. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter. I hate to say it, but that final scene was spoiled for me on uh, Facebook. Still, um, got a goblin bomb. Looked like maybe some sand stuff going on. Uh, I didn't really. There might have been electric. That thing. was I dis- didn't see anything. That was distinctly, distinctly Willem Dafoe. Distinctly where? No, no, that was Willem Dafoe laughing when I when that pumpkin bomb went up. Oh. Shit. Okay, that let's go back. Let's go back. I wasn't listening. Listen very I, it's careful. very definitely his style pumpkin bomb, so uh, that would be cool. Uh, That's a cool shot. Okay, yeah, it's around here, so. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Uh, okay. 
that, that I don't even begin to understand what was going on with that train. <laughs> I know I mean, the, the fuckery with the train, yeah. Oh, there, there we go. Let's back it up a little bit. No, that's where we were before. More dangerous it becomes. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You called that one. That is definitely Willem Dafoe. Um so yeah, I definitely saw some electricity there around the sand. Uh yeah. didn't see Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx I think is pretty much confirmed here. Um Yeah, I believe he is too. So uh Sinister Six, I imagine. Uh yeah. Green Goblin. Well, Sinister Six can really be any one of his uh, villains uh, in a I mean, team. <laughs> like been, I mean, usually it's always headed up by uh, Doc Ock. Yes, Doc Ock Vulture's is always a big part one. of it. Uh, usually, not always. Uh, Sometimes I think, uh, but he is one. We actually just read. Shot. I actually just read the Ultimate Six uh, storyline to my son. Uh, he was not part of that one. Uh, uh Rhino. He's commonly there. Uh, well, who who do we see in this trailer? So we got Green Goblin, we got Doctor Octopus, obviously, probably Electro, probably Sandman. Anybody else? And we've already been introduced to Mysterio and Vulture. Yeah, we already have Mysterio and Vulture uh, in the universe. Um, so that is. Here's an interesting idea that occurred to me. So they're bringing multiverse into this. It occurs to me what might happen at the end of this is uh, this is supposedly the end of the Marvel Sony contract. Uh, this movie could end with uh, essentially Spider Man going to the Venom verse. Uh, I think they have a proper name for it now, but I don't remember. And that being how they start doing those crossovers. Yeah, and I've also I've also read though that. Um... I believe Disney is in negotiation for buying the rest of the Spider-Man characters. Oh, I'm sure Sony. they want it, and I'm sure Sony will pay, make them pay an arm and a leg. I don't even remember how much they paid it, but they paid a ridiculous low price to actually get the Spider-Man characters, and now it's actually worth something. <laughs> yeah. I, it might have only been like a million dollars or something. million dollars for the IP rights to Spider-Man. And then Disney was able to get the toy rights back <laughs> oh yeah which you was know insane. that you, you know you know the mouse wants his money oh yeah the mouse will go for those toy rights before the film rights in a heartbeat and a fucking heartbeat <laughs> but uh yeah this was a cool one um yeah it looks like they've probably de-aged doc ock a little bit uh so i don't know if this is supposed to be the same doc ock from Exactly the same from Spider-Man 2, an alternate reality one. Um, maybe they're pulling him from the know. middle. Uh, let's uh, see. Can we get can we get a still of him in there? I am interested to see how they like this. It looks cool. At the same time, this could also be kind of a crapshoot with so much in it. I don't think it will yeah. be, but totally, it has that potential for all this stuff. Yes. Because they've teased Dr. Octopus, but, like, does he actually have a significant role? I have no idea. Yeah, like, what part of the movie is this? Because yeah. it looked like he was in a suit, so he was heading somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And later we see him in a in a police station. So I'm presuming at some point there will probably yeah. be some sort of a trial. Yeah, which and maybe which that's where we'll question. be introduced to like Mac Murdoch. Because yeah, which would be great. God, let's let let's there. No. please no. please bring in Team Red. Please yes. bring in there Team Red. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think... Yeah, he does look a little de-aged. He does. Yeah, well, it's definitely... Definitely his hair is darker, and it doesn't look like... It doesn't really look like he's dying it. And honestly, it, he does look de-aged, because that doesn't quite what he looks like now. But, I mean, he has also kind of kept himself in good shape, too. <laughs> I mean, he's not ripped by any means. He's not... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> playing, a, playing in a comic book movie meant a lot differently back then. <laughs> Toby well, Maguire really didn't get that ripped for this role. He made he actually made a big deal uh, discussing Spider-Man 2 where he was like, hey, there's stunt people, they do their job, I do my job, we keep each other employed and we're happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was like, hey, you gonna do your own stunt? No! No! <laughs> Fuck no! That's why we have some people. Man, <laughs> it's like I, I get that. Uh oh. Uh oh. What? Oh, we got a drink at the same time. Oh my god! Podcast ruined. We can disconnect all we want, but you know. Oh Connected. no! Did we drop? There we again? are. Are we We're back? back. We're okay. Back. We're back. Woo! Well, I'm glad I'm doing a backup <laughs> recording of this, man. Yeah. This is a seamless podcast. I can't seamless. tell. Okay, I think we're back to streaming, so I don't even have to restart it. Awesome. Cool. So, yeah, I was, uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, I do want to see where, what, I don't know. I guess I'm not as crazy pumped, because uh, I, I, I see the potential, like, awesomeness of this, and I also see the potential clusterfuck of this. Um, yeah. as much as I'd love to see, uh, Tobey Maguire back in this, oh my god, how much are we gonna cram in this? Is this gonna be an eight-hour movie? <laughs> I mean, I would also like to see Andrew Garfield, cause I, his Spider-Man wasn't bad. I, I have... Peter Parker. Yes, I could give you that. Um... Yeah, he did more of the the jokey joke stuff with Spider Man, which was his jokey joke stuff was all right. It get got obnoxious in a couple parts, but he did it well. His Pe yeah. his Peter Parker just wasn't written well at all. His Peter Parker was not Peter Parker Peter at Parker. all. <laughs> it was like it was like the cool kid Peter Parker, and guess who's not the fucking cool kid Peter Parker? Peter <laughs> fucking Parker. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, like, it, but, I. It was like as if, like, you know, they wrote Peter Parker to be Flash Thompson. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like if they bring Toad McGuire in, then they kind of need to bring in Andrew Garfield just to bring it yeah. all together. Uh, especially if they have Jamie Foxx Electro in here. Yeah. Uh, the other option is don't do any of them. And that's the thing, how much... Ooh, Paul, ooh Paul, Paul Giamatti Rhino. Oh, fuck. Oh. oh. Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> I love Paul Giamatti, but he was fucking awful in that movie. That was a page. That was a paycheck. Oh God, yes. I'm I'm just gonna put on just the most stereotypical Russian accent in the world and just ham this up. You cool with that? Oh, you don't care? Cool. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But yes, 
this new Spider-Man, it does look promising, and it does look like it could be good. Yeah, we have to see. Like, it's clearly going to be Sinister Six. I want to see how they bring it together. Because one thing I will say is, my son plays the PS4 Spider-Man game all the time. I love that Sinister Six story. And it doesn't focus, like, there's, like, probably half the members that it doesn't really focus on. Probably more like four that don't really get real focus. But it's a great Sinister Six story. It is. It really is, and that game definitely has great replay value. Yes. So does the Miles Morales one. I actually just wrapped that one up recently. I have not uh, gotten to that one. I'm still trying to play through. Like, I'm playing through on Ultimate Mode. I'm at this point at the end of the Black Cat uh, DLC. Oh, my fucking God. On Ultimate Mode, it's just you pop your head around the corner and 50 fucking bullets are killing you instantly. It's annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working my way through Amazing right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I think that, that was crazy fun. to go I through Ultimate, that. but I've already gone this far. I'm going to go all in. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I'm with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I, that game, like, that game has, like, fucking how, how long screen time do you get with the characters? Pretty much however much they need. And it only really focuses yeah. on Negative Man and Dr. Octopus. Uh, the other four... Yeah are mentioned a couple of times before they become prominent, but they're mainly just there. Like, I honestly thought it would be more facing up against Wilson Fisk based off of the opening. Yes. Where you fucking knock his ass off of a high rise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Essentially. I'm I'm not going to lie. I really hope the next game is like, uh, really based around two player mode so I can play with my son. (laughs) Now, the the Miles game is a lot of fun and it deals with like a more Miles centric story, so mm-hmm. it's more in that Spider Verse's villains. But it deals with like a kind of more of a a guerrilla group that is uh, taking over uh, Harlem. Yeah, it seems familiar. I've seen my son play through because he's played through it all over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I just. I my only thing with that one is I kind of wish there was like more like spider villains I knew of. Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest thing I noticed with but, that one, just watching him play, is that it seemed like there's a lot less to it. It definitely seems like mm-hmm. it was a DLC for the longest time. They're playing as a DLC, and then they just buffed it up a bit to make it a full game. Yeah, it felt like a DLC. Yeah, and it, to its credit, it seemed like a really fucking good DLC. But they yeah. also changed what Peter Parker looked like. That I was... I I don't... Did they do that just to make him look more like Tom Holland? Because I, I was really yeah. off-put by that one. I was like, wow. That's yeah, weird. I was like, wait I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's not Pete. And he takes <laughs> off his mask like, that is not the character we saw in the other game. <laughs> yeah, that's... It. I will say this, though. The, uh, I did love the Stanley cameo in the first Spider-Man game. Yes. That was fucking perfect did he have cameo miles or was that too late uh it was too late but uh around i believe it's actually where his studio is there's a golden statue of stan out there and it says like you know it says something i forget the quote i i teared up when i found it (laughs) i was like i was like oh oh stan i think it said something along like uh true believers no no it said excelsior nice that would make sense yeah 
dedicated dedicated to the true believer dedicated to all the true believers out there and of course stan mm. and that was like oh god my heart yeah my heart oh <laughs> Ooh, excuse me well i am i mean i'm gonna be on board i'll be watching this when it comes out with the kids um mm -hmm. we'll see how it turns out Sony has a spotty track yeah. record, but it's better with Kevin Feige always. So, we'll yes, <laughs> just 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 let Feige take the wheel, Sony. Please, please, <laughs> please. But uh, let's you have see. fucked up. You have fucked up. I countless X Men movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was uh, Fox. I don't. Even... That was Fox. You're right. Yeah. My mistake. So... You have fucked up three Fantastic Four movies. Yes. Oh fucking yes! One of them horribly. How is the new? Like I swear to God, I think the Fantastic Four movies might actually get worse as they go by. Technically, the first one's probably the worst, but that one's at least entertaining. <laughs> but out of the uh, rebooted three, not including Corman. No, I'm counting Corman. I think Corman's is probably oh. the most fun, even though it's probably yeah, technically it the is. worst. You know, it is. And the first one was like. Definitely another director copying Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. That being said, that it first was, one, it was, from a technical perspective, is the best, even though I don't enjoy it as much as the Corman one, because the Corman one's just so fucking stupid, it's great. <laughs> mm -hmm. The first one was the most accurate to their origin. Yes. <laughs> like, nothing wrong with that. I remember this. <laughs> All correct. I remember the second one coming out. And uh, the studio producer came out and said, listen, Galactus is in this movie. You're going to see him, and you will not be disappointed. And it got us all excited. And then I sat in that theater and watched that fucking movie. And I was like, it's fucking smoke. <laughs> you still there? Yes, okay. yes. I, I'm just sighing because, yeah. It was, oh. <laughs> And yeah, Fan yeah. Four Stick is <laughs> a whole nother level. <laughs> that one, oh god, that one is just terrible. Oh shit, yeah, it's like you, you we've moved from uh, Roger Corman's so bad it's good Fantastic Four to uh, Fan Four Stick, which is like Space Jam Two level bad. Space. Well, they were they were trying to copy the Dark Knight. Oh God. <laughs> we need a dark, dark and gritty, gritty Fantastic Four people. <laughs> mm, who asked for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this one guy on Twitter that said something about it. We should probably make the movie he wants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. Uh well I'm trying to think. I th don't think we have Shang Chi next week. I think that's two weeks, right? I believe so, yeah. Let me double check. I know. I don't actually know 100% what we're doing next week. Uh, what was the movie you brought up, though? Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. We're doing that one. That's definitely happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if episode three? What if the Earth lost its mightiest heroes? That's definitely happening. Uh, yes. I guess we'll just have to pay attention to see what else pops up. Maybe in our trailer will pop up. Maybe. <laughs> if Shane chi pops up, we'll definitely do that, but I think that's two weeks away. Uh, anything you want to plug? <laughs> uh, yes, starting next month, all of my true crime will be up on my YouTube channel under uh, Bobby Quarters. That's going to be starting in the first week of September. 
and season two is still being written, but it, it will be filmed and put up there once it is uh, finished as well. Nice. I've been, uh, nice. I've been, uh, so you post a whole bunch of stuff for premieres, so yes. <laughs> I will definitely be checking that out. Yes, I, I did. That was a fun task. <laughs> I remember going, oh, it's going for premiere. I should do a reminder. Oh, that's a little while off. <laughs> oh that's a little while off oh that's a, oh i see what he's doing yeah yeah okay but yeah i will definitely be watching that that sounds awesome um yes. as for me i i'm of course running late on my uh, dceu listing so that won't come out tomorrow that being said i did record audio for it uh it won't be as long as a lot of my uh more constructed videos have been so that won't take me so long so i'm gonna jinx it but i'm gonna say next week because it's a real possibility for that now that it's officially jinxed, no, it'll come out about a month. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all the exciting stuff happening on Organized Chaos Front. Uh, so yeah, everybody have a good day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, technical issues and yes. all. I think we've successfully dropped all the viewers with the technical okay. issues. Yay. Oh, wait, we got yes. the closing video. We Let me go ahead and go through the closing video. Work, work, work. <laughs> I want to go ahead and add some audio credits at the end here. Uh, the theme music you're hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast was uh, written and performed by George Johnson, a very good friend of mine. And my current Patreons are uh, Fel Martins, David Lara, and Lindsay Painkhurst. If you'd like to become a patron, go ahead and follow the link down below. Anything you can provide would be incredibly helpful to this channel. We're barely limping by right now. Uh, I'd love to make this my full-time job, but I'm miles away from that right now. So any help you could provide, just a dollar a month would be amazing. You know you want to. All your friends are doing it. <laughs>